Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you, back for another episode of The Coach. This week, the album of the week is banned. We have not done in like four fucking years. <laughs> Fucking years, Whoa. bro. Four Swears already. Years. So already a parental advisory sweat. on this. You gotta, you gotta. Let me tell you, we gotta, gotta throw that big f bomb on it because we're talking about one of the big bands. We're talking about Evanescence. Their second record, the Open Door. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on September twenty fifth, two thousand six. Whoa. That's the come down. Oh yeah. Indeed the come down. Jenny, it's been, as I said, four fucking years. What's your history with Evanescence? What's your feelings on this band and what is your relationship with the open door? So just in general with Evanescence, um, my knowledge of them, like I think most people, is just like they were a very huge band. Um, so my knowledge of them outside of what we did for our, our album, uh, really was just their hits. Same thing with this, this album. Some of these songs are like karaoke staples. I feel, I don't know, Evanescence, I I think they're all right. Maybe not a hundred percent my speed, but they're very popular. They have very, very wide mass appeal. Uh, I can respect that. It definitely gives me a very specific, like, spooky, hot topic vibe. (laughs) And I don't know. I definitely feel like I've worked with, like, several people who have, like, basically modeled their their whole thing on Amy Lee. So I feel like I know Amy Lee, although I do not. But, yeah, that's pretty much where I am with them. I mean... I'm not mad if I hear a song on the radio, but I'm definitely not seeking it out, except for the fact that I listen to this repeatedly for this bad guest. But that is me in Evanescence. How about you, Lauren? Uh, so uh, they were never a band I really sought out. And uh, I think I discussed when we did the album, the first album, that, you know, this was, I knew the singles. I, of course, saw Daredevil in the theaters. But I always remembered thinking that they they weren't that heavy and i remember i think we all kind of agreed when we did that first record that they yeah they weren't that heavy but i remember when this record came out for one i remember thinking that it was a long time between albums and i believe it was about three years took their time with this one and uh i knew i knew one single i knew the first single very well i think that that thing got played a lot but most of the rest of this record i was not uh familiar with matt you in the Big E. I think, like a lot of people, the first album was, you couldn't get away from it. It was everywhere. And then this one kind of, uh, I, I I think when I hear the singles from this album, I will have a, a glimmer of recognition, but I did not seek this out at all. So I have a physical copy of the album here. This um, album cover is what looked to me a, a look like a, a painting or drawing of Amy Lee standing in front of 
a giant open door, doing a little bit of what, Jenny, you told me is the technical turn of a goo-goo or Googling. Yes. Um, yeah, I found that this is actually a modified photograph. So Amy was indeed standing in front of a forced perspective giant open door, and then they basically painted over it to make it into a painting, but it's actually a photograph. If I'm going to be honest, it seemed like a lot of work that maybe they could have minimized. But be that as it may, it's not a bad album cover. And uh, this is, is a Digipack action here. Any Digipack fans? Oh, yeah. No, I never liked the Digipack because it always, always would bend or get wet and get ruined. If they like, if they wanted to have that soft touch of vinyl, but it was like never executed very well. Matt, I think the problem is that you are just the type of guy who's got a big glass of water when you're flipping through your digipack, and you can't help but spill it. Hey, and buddy. I think you just well, I get realize. shocked when I see liner notes. I'm like, I know, ah. I know, this is what I'm talking about. And then you keep drenching all your digipacks, and uh, I just think hydrate, then digipack. Don't all right, don't try to my merge digipack. Them. My digipacks never really survived that well either, but I think it's mostly because I'd like they'd be like all over my car. I needed something yeah. a little more sturdy. That that might be it. Um, I know there is the question that's on everyone's mind, which is, well, if you got a physical copy of the CD, how much did you pay for it? Good question. Got it on eBay, big thrift from the retailer Go Peachy for a sweet. Four dollars and eighty cents. Ooh, good price. Mm, that's a great price, indeed. And I mean, plus when I saw it was a digipack, I said, "Well, this this means I'm gonna be getting something that's a little fragile, and I hope that it's handled with care when it's delivered to my place." And the answer is yes. This one, not all soaking wet. So, yeah. Thank you. Go peachy, uh, Jenny. Who's in Evanescence on this album? On this album, Evanescence is Amy Lee on vocals, piano, choral arrangements, and additional programming. Terry Balsamo on guitar. Uh, John LeCompte on guitar and some additional programming. Will Boyd on bass. And Rocky Gray on drums. So, hardcore Evanescence fans will notice that there is a name missing from this roster and that name is ben moody ben moody was co-founder of evanescence back in the day and i knew that he had left the band i remember hearing ben left the band ben moody co-founder of evanescence out of evanescence it's like oh wow what happened with that guy so once again i did a little goo-gooing and I'm going to be honest with you, I wish I hadn't, because <laughs> for a long time, Mr. Moody was mum on the issue. He was just like, I left the band, I'm out, I'm moving on, I'm doing other things, I'm working with Avril Lavigne, I'm working with Daughtry, I'm moving on. Fair enough. Happens. Happens all the time Get in it. bands. Every day. Every day. Every day somebody goes to work with Daughtry. That's right. Every day, somebody gets up, puts on pants, one leg at a time, and says, let's do this, Daughtry. And one day, it was Ben Moody. And that's totally fine. But then, Ben 
made a new band and somebody said hey this band sounds a hell of a lot like evanescence and so ben said well you want to know why i left the band and i don't know if anyone said yes but ben answered with the longest letter that's ever been written by anybody uh jenny i sent it to you I think I sent it to you with the hope that maybe you would be able to finish it because I couldn't finish it. No, it was so long. Holy shit. I really tried three separate times to come back to it. And I would just kind of look over to my right and see that like whatever. I can't remember like the scroll bar. Just like I was moving at what I felt was a clip. But the scroll bar was like not moving. And I was just like, no, I can't do this, Moody. I can't do this, Bed Moody. It was, it is an extremely long letter that keeps feeling like it's about to end, that Ben is about to finalize his thoughts. And then he gets a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth wind and just keeps going. Where I got to in it was that basically Ben felt that he was Evanescence. And he said that to Amy. And she was like, are you kidding me? And he said to her, get out of here. We're going to replace you. And she was like, nah, replace me? And so Ben stepped out. And took and just left the band. And I did not realize, but my man left like as they were peaking. He left when this band was ascendant. Not ascended, ascendant. He honestly, yeah. And so it really is something because it really does read like uh, a bit of a, I knew I blew it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to write my way out of it. If you if you go on Google, you can find it. It's incredibly it's so long. It's it's like a it's like a song meanings comment from hell. It's super long. It's nuts. And uh, and so what ended up happening was Amy's like, all right, we just toured with Cold. What's going on with them? And Cold, well, as we know, they weren't in a great place in 2004. And Terry Balsamo, their guitarist, said, wait, did Moody just leave Evanescence? Seems like a great idea. So he jumped on board. He grabbed the reins. And he was a guitarist in Evanescence for a few albums, at least. And also, he got to take part in all that sweet touring that they were doing after they broke super big. And I know this because I sat through the hour-long documentary anywhere but home (laughs) that came out in between fallen and this album and i know that we talk about docs in the show we talk about the material that's included and uh we often use a term i think it's a technical term an industry term called b-roll matt can you walk us a little bit through like what b-roll is yeah uh b-roll is what you usually show when um you know when the narrator's talking in a movie and you're not looking at the person talking, instead you're seeing like a train pass in the distance or a sunset? That's B-roll. 
Okay. That's a pretty good definition of B-roll. Now, what Evanescence have done with Anywhere But Home is they have gone and decided to use the C and D-roll, which is the stuff that no one needs to see but Evanescence for themselves. And they've given it to us. I know we've talked in the past about the Static X documentary in which Wayne Static drove a, a, a cart over a piece of rock very slowly. I think this, this might be worse. I was I really felt like I didn't need to see any of this. It is all backstage just walking around. It makes its point. I I've, I've now seen every member of Evanescence eat so much junk food. And um and it and it's it's truly endless. Truly endless. I was watching it while doing notes for this show, getting together some of our notes. And even then, I was still sort of like, oh, are we still doing this? I think the, the key, I think my favorite moment was at one point, they all got in a car and Amy Lee turned to the camera and yelled, White Castle! And I was taken by surprise. I thought that was pretty good. But otherwise, I mean, at one point, it's just dicking around for like a half an hour. And then a title card comes up that says bloopers. And I was like, now? <laughs> Wait, what? I haven't been watching what? bloopers. What is all this other stuff? What was this? Very baffling. Um, and I uh, I had sent this over to Jenny, and I texted you right before we started recording uh, whether you had had a chance to watch it, and you said no, and blessings onto your life that you Thank did you. not. Thank you. I made a call. <laughs> you called your mother, and I think that was the wise choice. And um, I skimmed. You did do At your request, you said, I want you to I, skim to get the vibe, and I said, you know what? Okay. I'm willing mm-hmm. to do that. Am I willing to watch the whole hour? I've been burned and burned and burned. How many times do you touch the hot stove? Yeah, this one it really it really did lack it. It it's the thing of like you know because we've talked about the Slipknot doc, and the Slipknot doc is, I mean, almost surreal in a lot of ways in the way the footage is cut together. But then it as I if we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about clown slowly hitting the bass drum achieving this zen moment there's nothing like that in the evanescence stock um it's it is just 50 straight minutes of dicking around and if i'm in evanescence i think it would be i would cherish it because it would capturing this moment in my life when i'm peaking out my career is going crazy but for any there is very little context for anything and it is just this is the equivalent of going over to a friend's house and they're playing home movies and this friend is a new friend. Yeah. And it's you know what? Yeah. And it's everybody they went to college with that was there. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Or a family member, like your cousins who you don't know really well. Yes. And yeah. they're all talking about this trip that they all took together, but you weren't invited to the trip. And now you've got to watch this fucking movie. Oh, I have a very specific Yo. memory that is exactly <laughs> yes. that. Yeah. One yeah. of my cousins was like, you got to see this hilarious video. And it was <laughs> it was long. It wasn't hilarious. IMO. And it was like one of the first times I think Mitch had ever met my family. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. no. But yes, Matt, I think you absolutely captured the essence of how this. Oh, there you go. 
there you go you got it it's yeah it is it is it is an endless litany of just cheeseburger eating there's even a part and that i think was the, really the worst part of the doc is when they they indicate they're going to play a prank on terry and then we don't really see the prank we see i have no content I, i'm not even going to bore you with the thing but it was just like what am i looking at you, they make the effort for certain title cards but then i don't know what's happening and i remember thinking i shouldn't be this mad at this stupid doc um but it uh it really was uh yeah not not uh not the best thing i've ever seen and uh i looked up because i was like well was this i mean was this any sort of thing and uh this was incredibly successful it went gold in the united states and it was five times platinum for the dvd jesus Wow. It, incredibly Holy popular. Shit. Not everybody the, felt the same way we did. People, everybody wanted anything. I mean, this came out in 2004. So, like, yeah, the album was still very fresh. And it was like, here's some new-ish Evanescence in some way. And people were just like, give me that. Give me that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it was the best-selling DVD of 2004 in Spain. Well, heck, if people want Evanescence, I, I don't see why we should delay any giving further. them Evanescence yeah. any further. Uh, yeah. I Oh, I guess the other thing we should mention, um, Jenny, who produced this record. That would be our sweet boy, Dave Fortman. Dave Fortman, who uh, also produced Open Door. I'm oh, sorry. He produced Fallen, uh, the first uh, Evanescence record. And he also produced with record we just did, All Hope is Gone. Wow. Produced that record. Just to give you an idea of what Fortman's 03 through 06 experience was, he produced Fallen, and then, you know, that sold like 10 million copies, and they were like, pretty hot for pretty hot Fortman, what are you gonna do next? And he's like, uh, I'm gonna go produce Mudvayne's Lost and Found. And then that was Mudvayne's most successful record. And then he was just like living the dream. And then Evanescence was like, can you come back, Foreman? And he's like, let's do it all again, baby. Reunion tour. Let's fucking go. Foreman came back in. This record, also very successful. Seven million copies worldwide. Evanescence, baby. It's called printing money. People like it. People like it. All right. Let's find out if we do. Okay. It's called printing uh, money. All right. The first song on this record is called Sweet Sacrifice. It's true. We're all a
So I got to tell you, this track surprised me because this guitar, my boy Terry, he's he's kind of he's kind of chugging it up. He's kind of ripping it up a little bit in a way that I uh, do not associate with Evanescence. So this was uh this is pretty good. I, I wrote uh riffing it up here. It's got a bit of a swagger to it, and uh, I enjoyed it. Jenny, thoughts on Sweet Sacrifice? Uh, I thought this was all right. The the vocalizing at the top, or I, I don't even know the notes that she was hitting up top made me laugh every single time. Um, very. I feel like we came in with like a flowy Victorian dress from the jump. Um, so there's something about this for me that is just like a little tough, but I did like the crunch of the guitar, I will say. And like this song to me, it was like very clear and obvious why it was popular. I get it. I get it. There's just something about it. I think it's, um... I think it just takes me to such a specific time and such specific places in my memory that I'm just like, oh boy, oh boy. So I don't know, not for me, but I understand why it was as popular as it was. And this was a single, so. It was a single. Matt, thoughts on Sweet Sacrifice? Has all the... uh evanescence tropes still got a crunchy little guitar riff there not a huge chorus though but uh amy's voice fine form kind of creepy crawly i liked it i thought it was pretty good so this was a single and there was a music video for it jenny did you watch the music video i did i gotta tell you amy will go for it in these videos She's willing to put herself out there and get a little wild, and I really do respect that. This was not my favorite of the videos from this album. It's Amy in a red. Uh, she's in red in a hallway that's made to look like a creepy forest, but the visuals are very cluttered. The band is largely projections on the wall, intercut with random pics of bones and bugs in an old house. Okay. Um at one point, the band members are shown walking down the hallway, and it seems like the direction was walk down the hallway. And they were like, what do I do with my hands and face? And they were like, don't worry about it. And so they don't know. They look like they don't know what they're – they look like they were just told walk this way with no other direction. They look kind of bored and lost, and uh, that made me laugh. I thought that was kind of funny. It, it really just made it seem like if you take an instrument out of these guys' hands, they're like – what do I do with myself? I don't give me a guitar. Give me some sticks. I got to hit something. It was like uh, that part in uh, Ed Wood when they need, need the guy to just walk across the room without running into anything. And they're like, I don't know if he can do it. And that was why I was like, <laughs> can can the members of Evanescence just walk down a hallway? It's like, mm, let's find touch out. Touch and go. Let's find out. We don't know. I don't want to blow anybody's mind, but there's a website. Jenny, you had, uh, I believe, a hand in its creation called songmeanings.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got 96 comments on it. And the Evanescence fandom is hard in the paint on all these comments. And we could spend all day and all night talking about everybody here. But I'm just going to pick one comment. It's from Midnight Fairy 25, because of course it is. 
favorite off the album so far. I hope it's a single. Fantastic mix of that heavy guitar, haunting vocals, catchy tunes, and amazing lyrics. There couldn't be any more proof of how talented they are. Six out of five stars. (laughs) Whoa. What? Your rating scale, you've already blown it up. Wow. Incredible. Highest praise I can offer, 5.5. I right. it, uh, all I can tell you is this thing, I rate on a five-part five-star scale. It's it's broken it. It's ruptured. My whole understanding of ratings out the window. All right. So people are people are ready to go. They're ready to go. It's Evanescence 2.0. Let's see what's next. All right, up next we've got Call Me When You're Sober. Don't cry to me if you loved me. You would be here with me. You want me, come find me. Make up your start with you what do you what do you think of this one you know i don't love it i don't hate it either but there's something about this song that feels very musical theater yes it it feels like it's part of a piece and doesn't necessarily feel yeah i think that's it i i just doesn't like you hear me you hear bring me to life the song is like a complete song this feels like it's part of a story but I don't necessarily know if I want to be engaged in this story. Her vocals are excellent. I mean, anybody who says that she can't sing is out of their minds. She can sing. Um, Did somebody say that? Well, I'm just saying, like, people who people have ha- a lot of hot takes in this fuck. world. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So if, if your hot take is that Amy can't sing, I think you're out of your mind. The thing is, the way that she's in particularly singing this song feels like it's the... I want song in the middle of, you know, or at the beginning of musical theater, which is fine. And it's not necessarily what I want outside of the context of a show. That, I think you really nailed it, Matt, because it does have a very strong musical theater vibe. And I was always trying to think like what, like listening to it for the show, I found more to like about it now than I did then. But I still like no there's there's still so many details about it that I find initially just off-putting. The the music theater vibe, 
the the decision to still have like orchestral strings on top of the riff like it's a good riff i, I don't think it needs it, it it really is a situation of like you know what this steak don't need no more pepper baby it's good it's seasoned we're all set and um you know i i think honestly like lyrically is probably where it shines more than anything else because and i think we had talked about this a little bit jenny when we were texting um that this seems to be like almost like a rebuke to all the songs we hear on a lot of these albums that we do of guys who are being shitty guys and like uh, i tried to make it work with you but you're dragging me down you're suffocating me and she's like motherfucker you are drunk <laughs> get away from me you're a mess you're a mess and you don't really get that perspective too often. Maybe a little bit of self-loathing in some of the songs. Like, yeah, I know I'm a mess, but you're a mess too. And she's just like, mm, you, you're a mess. So I, I guess here's I, the what mirror. did you think? Yeah, here's a mirror. Written about Speak. the dude from Seether. Mm. Her ex-boyfriend. He's this, in the dock a lot. Yeah, this song, uh, karaoke staple. You go to a certain kind of karaoke bar, by which I mean like a suburban, maybe like lower middle working class dive bar, this song is being chosen. It's being sung. When this came out, I was definitely going through a breakup, and there were a lot of drunk phone calls. And when this came on the radio, I'm not going to lie, I was like... Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But this song could have been very much turned around and aimed right back at me, if I'm being honest. No one was calling anyone sober, but there were lots of drunken phone calls. So, hey. Very successful song. This was the Mm. first single from this record uh people loved it people were very very into it this video little red riding hood situation kind of a lot of flouncy hot topic shit going on floating dancers big stairways it uh it's funny is that in the comments on songmeanings.com, which there are 170. Jesus. <laughs> Truly, Matt. There is a there was a lot of debate on whether or not the video is bad or good. And um, some people thinking that the video looked a little cheap. And I had read the comments before watching the video. When I did watch the video, I think what they meant is that it does feel like there should be more dancers. And then... I was as I watched the video progress and Amy starts to fly in the air there was this sense of like did they cut a corner on this because I feel like My Chemical Romance did this way more impressively with a grander scale for the Helena video um so I mean it's fine it doesn't really commit to the Red Riding Hood thing uh but Amy looks incredible I had this thought just that like in, and it did make me go back to that insanely long Ben Moody letter that Amy Lee is like, she has this incredible voice, but she is also like one of those people that is like supernaturally good looking. You know what I mean? 
like she's just like an incredibly good looking person that just happens if she was walking down the street you'd be like well this has to be a famous person because they look way too good because hmm. that was the thing and i i don't know what it is like we watched all these videos even watching <laughs> the doc which was shot with the shitty grainy camera and like she's like backstage and sweaty whatever she never looked anything less than incredible like so, she's just an incredibly looking, good looking person. Just to be clear, what we're getting here yeah. is that you are very attracted to Amy That's, Lee. Well, this is the thing, though. <laughs> I'm not really. She's not my vibe. She's not really my type. Okay. It's just like, no, I'm serious. I'm serious, 100%. <laughs> it is like, it's like she's like really good looking, but she is not like, she's not my vibe at all. I think what it is and what it might be is that her whole gothic Renfair thing is 100% not my thing. And I know that, like, if I knew her, like, in, like, a social thing, it would it would be, like, oil and water. 100%. She'd be, like, this fucking guy. And I'd be, like, yeah, he's going to fucking Amy. Like, it would, yeah, you know, yeah. It just wouldn't. Wouldn't get yeah. along. It w- wouldn't get along. Wouldn't get coffee with her, I'd say. I don't think, I think it would be a weird vibe. I just don't think, I don't, I don't think the, the interests mesh. I mean, plus, I mean, we're getting all this musical theater vibe, and. I am not a musical theater guy, so I do a new metal podcast. Clearly, I'm not. Um, wow. Sawmeanings.com has a mega comment from Victorian Romantic that I won't read the whole thing, but I feel the first paragraph is worth it for this show, and, and, and I think, Matt, you're really going to appreciate it. It's also upvoted seven times. You know it's a hot one. Hello. This website is called Song Meanings. There Did anyone is. forget that? People on this website, like you all, really tick me off, moaning and groaning on whether the song is good or not, if the band sucks or not. I don't care what you think. I just want to know how people are interpreting the songs. If you want to share your opinion on the song, go someplace else. No one cares about if you think it sucks or not. That's not what the site is about. It's called Song Meanings for a Reason. Good God. It seems to me the only sensible person on this entire thread for this song was Missy Moo 417. And then they go on to break down every single lyric in the song. That is a quintessential song meanings comment. I loved that. Thank you, Victorian Romantic. Victorian Romantic. The perfect name for an Evanescence fan, I'd say. 100%. 100%. All right. Up next, we've got Weight of the World.
Shani, thoughts on Weight of the World? It it kind of continues this. I don't know if this one felt as much like musical theater to me, but this definitely feels like the vibe is extremely theatrical. So maybe it is musical theater. I don't know. It's just very dramatic, very swoopy, very bell sleeve, very like <laughs> a woman crushed falling velvet. in a well. Yes, crushed velvet falling deeply in a well that never ends. Like just all like the the vocals are so like um, I want to say swoopy. I don't know the word. I don't know the word that I'm looking for here, Eth- but it's... Ethereal? Ethereal? N- no, it's not that. No, I don't know what I'm looking for, but it's not that. <laughs> not that. Um, All right, let me take that ethereal and just shove it up my ass. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, please take that rudely and personally. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> no, I don't... There's just something about it that is so... It's just like you said, Lauren. Like It's very like Ren Fair type of something and i i think that i just like associate it so much with very specific things that every listen like i just i just couldn't like let my guard down and just hear it like i i see the appeal she's got a great voice these songs are very catchy I feel like fairy wings are going to be introduced to this soon, and I need to go. How about you yeah. guys? It's funny is that the thing that really struck me is like, I I knew going into this that Balsamo was the guitarist, and I liked his work on the last Cold record that we did. And I hear him, but it's like, I want, I want unobstructed Balsamo. Like, stop putting strings on top of his riffs. Like, just let my man riff it up. Let my man crunch it. And and so that's the thing that is kind of weird. But then I found an interview that Amy did uh, where she literally says, Terry made me feel cooler than we've ever been. And when I watch him in the dock, he's the only guy that has, like, this sort of rock star lifer swag to him. Amy's got her own vibe and the other guy's just out there, whatever. But Terry's like, he's got the dreads. He's just, you know, he's just the dude. And and so what he's bringing here is it's a good addition, but it also feels like, is this the best use of his powers? So, yeah, so that they kind of made for a frustrating listen at times because I just wanted these riffs, you know, because also I think the riffs on this song and the verses and everything are pretty cool, but then this chorus, it just sort of goes into sort of generic the evanescent style, whatever you want to call it. Matt, what'd you think of Weight of the World? You know, Jenny, while you were talking, I kept thinking of something like I think it's the thematics of the songs and how they're written. It's like I listened to Zeppelin Think about the Lord of the Rings, and I kind of go on that journey. I listen to other bands do anything that's kind of thematic, grand in scope, and I can go on the journey. I I get what Evanescence is doing here, but it's not the trip I want to take. There is a, and I don't want to put this on it, but there is a very Alice in Wonderland goth feel to this yes. music. Yes that doesn't resonate with me 
a guy who likes Muse. <laughs> so, you know. What does that say? What you know, does that but say? But it's just like, but that's a trip I'll take. And this is a trip I don't take. So, like, different strokes, different folks. I don't hate this by any stretch of the imagination. Way to the world. It's a fine song, but I'm not, like, engaged with it. But I know the fans who are. It's like, this could be somebody's life. You know what I mean? Like, this could be a personality for somebody. 100%. I think, like, to the to the question of, like, is this the best use of Terry? Like, if you want to make money and continue to be successful in 2006, fuck yeah, it yes, is. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, like, we said this came out in the come down, so I feel like they were very smart. They centered Amy even more than they had in the first record. Yep. They moved away from new metal. When we look at genre tags on this record, we have alternative metal, gothic rock, and symphonic metal. That was way more the direction that popular music was moving in. Um, this gives a very, like a more, I guess, just like traditional, Additional and accessible avenue to a lot of women and like young women who are into like rock music and want to see somebody that they identify with. Like Amy is very pretty, but I think that she also has enough of this like kind of every woman thing going on about her that it's pretty easy to kind of like project yourself into that style. Like it's, it's, and she, uh... The image, not her per se, but the image of which she is presented in is usually very flowy, bodiced outfits, romance, gothic romance. I just keep thinking about like Harlequin. Harlequin? I don't know how that word is pronounced. Harlequin. You had it right. Yeah. Romance novel. Like the the person who's in Fabio's arms. Like a bodice ripper. That's what that's what I'm going for. Yes. I I think that this was very smart. Everything about this feels very 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 smart. Is it what we want on this show? No. I don't think so. I don't think so, Tim, as Al Borland would say. Um but I get I get it. I don't want to deal with that at all. Because it's crazy because 2006 is Lily Allen's All Right Still, which is kind of like this huge breakthrough album coming out. Top Records, Joanna Newsom's album comes out in 2006. Just taking a look at like the hot ladies of, of indie rock right now. But yeah, you know, it's hard to kind of find, you know, it was a big year for hip hop. You know, we have my favorite album clips. Hell hath no fury. Ghostface comes Woo! out with fish scale. Woo! <laughs> Fire, son. You got, then uh, from a rock, straight ahead rock, you got TV on the radio, Return to Cookie Mountain. So, yeah, I think they are, Evanescence is carving out their own thing that is very smart. So I want to tell you guys about an interesting discovery I made in songmeanies.com comments is that the fandom was a little torn on this album because they thought it was too heavy. Go to this mm -hmm. comment from Junkie Ego. It says, I love the lyrics to this, but the music is iffy. 
I don't know. Just seems a little too hardcore for the subject, but I do love the guitars. I'm just saying maybe they could have made this one softer and left the guitars for the more hardcore songs. Still Evanescence, though, so it's still amazing. And this is echoed throughout all these comments where people are just like, is this, is this just a little too heavy? And I was like, this? We aren't getting, we're not even getting full balsamo on this. Just let it's truly a different stroke situation. Hey, 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 hey. There, I think we need to keep listening to this record. I agree. Okay. <laughs> Up next, we've got lithium. this song for the first time my thought was oh amy's got her eye on the prize because the setup here is like what was what was the i mean bring me to life was big but my immortal was also super big and this is clearly like let's do my immortal again baby let's do it again we'll 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 give it a make it a little bit heavier because Terry's over there. We can't leave that boy idle. But uh yeah, this one this one just was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Make it again. My Immortal Part 2. Let's make it happen. And by all accounts, everyone was there for the sequel. Everybody showed up. I am um, in the comments, I'm not even going to read a one. They're all just basically like this is the best song I've ever heard. Everybody's like over the moon about this thing. But the main thing I got out of it though was that it gave me um big phantom of the opera vibes sounds like the type of music you can listen to while going through an underground tunnel on a boat <laughs> perhaps guided by a torch give me those vibes it's hot and... gondola music true oh true. man if you're in a gondola and they ain't playing lithium you, you better tell them about you got spotify premium and that phone pull up some lithium baby not nirvana evanescence because we on a gondola this is a very firm not for me as you would say jenny and um lyrically i mean it follows the theme of uh you know alcoholism loneliness talks of being bipolar speaking seems very frankly about the experience so it's one of those things that seems you know people are going to find this and be like thank you you know i i do not doubt that there are people who heard this song and were like thank you amy i feel seen i feel heard but this is a firm not for me jenny I agree. Not for me. I see the appeal. Uh, this comes out when I'm 13, 14. 
good night. <laughs> I love it. I love it at that time, but no. I mean, now and by the time this came out, I was like 22 or 23. No way. This video, very snowy, very dramatic, slowly sinks into a pond, doesn't even try to get out, I might add. No mm -hmm. effort on Amy's part. But it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a night drive. Yeah, this is a night drive. I got to tell you, though, if you... Th this has got to be the one of the... I mean, you're going to be getting some tears in your dipping sauce with this one. I don't even know. Saying. I don't tears I think in you my dipping sauce, the Lauren yeah. Kozlowski story. I think this I think this comes on you're in your driveway at home and you're not ready to get out of the car yet. I think you're done eating and all that's left is like the fuselage of nugs and dipping sauce and boxes in your passenger seat and you just Put this on and quietly weep before you sneak in, hoping to remain undetected by your roommates. Yeah, I think that's the go. portion of yeah. the night drive lithium is played. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Matt, thoughts on lithium? Nothing that we haven't said already. Uh, this song is, uh, if I were in show choir... Uh, there would be at least three girls that uh, sang this one. You know that they're all just like, Beth, if you fucking sing Lithium, I will slit your throat. It's my song. And it's, and it's like, all right, Julie, you just got to beat me to class then. And then it's a whole tussle. Fingers get caught in hair. It's a whole problem. I've seen it happen. Just uh, one of you sings My Immortal. One of you sings Lithium, and then third girl, I don't fucking know, Carly Simon's song, something else. Figure it yeah, out. You're so vain. Like, let's you're just... so vain. Just, just fucking do it. Wow. Just fucking do it. Wow. Wow. Very dismissive. Uh, all right. Very dismissive. Well, there comes a hot take from Lauren. I can think of a few other songs, but we got a long record ahead of us here, so... <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, up next, we've got Cloud Nine.
This is that big juicy hook I've been waiting for, though. Yeah, I like this one. This one I felt had a good balance of balsamo with what Amy Lee wants to do. Um, and it's got a little bit more swing and swagger. And uh, yeah, I think this one, it all kind of comes together pretty well. So I was I was pretty on board for this one. Um, Jenny, what did you think of this? I thought this one was all right. A lot more ensorceling noises. Lots of... Uh, Yeah. Yes. It's like I'm in a haunted forest. Pull out the the sword. Totally. Pull the sword from the stone, Jenny. (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want like... Where are the nymphs of the forest? If you pull the sword from the stone, you free us from our from our torment prison. Yes, yeah, our prison, prison torment. Prison of torment. Pull the sword out, please. Oh. I I want to tell you, when I was a kid, I worked at the Renaissance Festival every fucking summer. Okay, my grandma and grandpa. Oh, my grandma and grandpa owned a store there. It was called Baskets and Whatsoever. My grandma was a basket weaver. My grandpa worked at GM and also was like a carpenter, did a lot of woodworking. I am deeply familiar <laughs> with all of this. And in fact, I don't I don't actually hate it all, but I like I don't know. Maybe that's what it is for me. It just takes me back to like summers at the Renaissance Festival. Selling baskets. Puffed heart from a lady? That was me. <laughs> that was me. Uh, but yes, that 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 is the vibe. That is uh, the vibe. Toadstools <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I, I we should mention, so this record did come out um September of 2006, but it was delayed because Terry Balsamo had a stroke. And that basically pushed back everything. And Terry was a young man. He was only in his 30s. And I found an interview that he did with a, uh, I believe it was a guitar, uh, ultimateguitar.com, in which he explained, like, how did you get like how'd you have a stroke you're only in your 30s and he said basically from rocking too hard he got a clot in his neck and they were like the doctor's like what do you do and he's like i play guitar and they realized just from rocking out head banging every night for years caused him to get that clot in his neck and uh i gotta tell you though this interview they're like initially like you're never gonna play guitar again and then another doctor's like yeah i'll be okay and he's like were you ever worried he's like ah yeah it's coming back i'll be fine like he is in this article he seems pretty low-key did you read this one jenny yes i did didn't he feel like he was did it feel like he felt panic at all or did he seem pretty chill he seemed chill but this was also like after he knew the outcome i didn't necessarily get that he was maybe comfortable opening up about that whatever feeling it was but i will say it did seem very chill and maybe it's just difficult for me to believe that he was that chill about it 
entirely possible. Uh, the article does also talk about, you know, what the process was writing with Amy, you know, coming out of cold and deciding to write with her. And he uh, he said um, that they didn't really have a lot of the same influences and that he said, I turned her on to a lot of stuff like Pantera and that kind of shit. And she turned me on to classical stuff in Bjork. So we uh, threw it all together and made a record. And uh, you know what? That's the type of thing that needs to happen every now and again. This rocker's got to say, hey, girl, you got to hear some Pantera. And she's like, you got to hear homogenic. You know what? I think they're both right in that regard. And I guess you I guess you could probably, with that ethereal thing, I guess you could see a little bit of a Bjork influence there a little bit. Uh, just a touch. But I, I feel with Bjork, we're dealing with... Um, I don't even want to say, like, it's not alien vibes. Yeah, it it's is. It's like, is it alien vibes? Okay. I think... Bjork is alien meets sprites. Okay. I always feel like there's, like, a mechanical robotic element to it, too. I guess it's just which flavor of Bjork you're getting. It's true. Although, I mean, I guess it does go full alien with something like medulla which is you know entirely made with just like vocal noises still incredible record i mean that when that record came out i was like how is this going to be anything i listened to more than once but i listened to it like for the whole summer it was a lot of fun the last good bjork record in my opinion by the way um (laughs) i know that's good the takes the takes just write it down you came here you came here you knew what you were gonna get I listen, I just write it down, fold it up, and throw it into the fire and just leave it there. I guess that's all I have on that one. <laughs> all right. Well, the next song, I can't believe I never really looked at this song title and, and, and noticed oh, how perfectly it, it captures everything about Evanescence from my perspective. The song is called Snow White Queen. You know, with the verses, I was like, this could go somewhere, but that chorus is straight stock, generic, and kind of just took me out. And I was like, yeah, this this is for somebody, but it ain't. It ain't for you, boy. It ain't for me. Jenny? Yeah, I wasn't really feeling this song. It was pretty middle of the road and forgettable as far as I was concerned. Um now is it better than any song I've ever written and performed? Yeah. Miles. But I still didn't like it. 
So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, oh. Both things can be true. Both hey, things can be true. They're both true. There you go. Matt? Yeah, nothing really new or groundbreaking on my end to say. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, we're, we're kind of in that that fantasy world and, and playing to our strengths and not really going anywhere. But that chorus is a dud. That's, uh, that is the safest chorus in the world. This is also a moment where I was like, well, you know, this is the Evanescence machine. We're not going to really reinvent the wheel here. And yeah, there's no, no reason to get crazy. At least they're not. And reinvent the wheel. We have not. Yeah, you know, I mean, and if it is a wheel, it's going to be, you know, a wooden one that would be, say, on a carriage that would carry you through a dark woods that may be haunted by some spirits. Are they friendly or not? I don't know. Are the dwarves also possible? Poison fruit? Also possible. All these things to consider. A lot to consider. A lot to consider. A mirror which speaks back to you. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, mirror. Hey, mirror. Yeah. Um, is this hat working? Am I a hat guy? Can no. I be a hat guy? No, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. It's not. Um, okay. Can I be? What if I do like a swoopy thing with my hair? Don't and do, do that. Swoop? Don't. Okay. Don't. All right. What if I s- slick Don't. it back? Don't. We s- just stop. Okay. Give up. Give up. Give up. (laughs) Give up. Mirror. I'm just being honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Who else is in the mirror? It's just me. Who was just singing just now? Oh, hey. (laughs) Oh, wait. How many people in this mirror? Quite a few. You have a roommate? Yeah. 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 We, uh, yeah. I was lying about it just being me. Just to fuck with you. (laughs) Take that, you idiot. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm going to keep the facial hair. Do do you? Thank you, whoever you owe in my mirror. (laughs) You'll never know. Mm -mm. I won't. That's the thing about the mirror people. (laughs) That That is something that you say before you get taken away. That's the thing about the mirror people. (laughs) Oh, have you visited Lauren in the hospital? (laughs) Nah, it's too Uh, depressing. The mirror people are incredibly rude about any attempts I take to update my style. Hey, sorry. All right. Up next, we've got a song called Lacrimosa. Grab your sex playlist and sharpen a pencil. You've got a new entry. You know what? I like the idea of somebody maintaining a sex playlist on paper. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Not a, not not on a not on a you know on a CD or not on their phone, 
They're like in a mole skin. In a mole skin. <laughs> this is where I keep my list of my sex playlist you know, songs. I would want to fuck to Mozart's Requiem, but I don't want to fuck to that. I want to hear an interpolation of it. Oh, I've got the song just for you, my friend. So, Matt, you picked that right out. And indeed, I do not know that because I'm not an expert on on Mozart. Um, But the interviewer over at UltimateGuitar.com, he knew all about it. And he asked... uh, he asked Terry, he said, how did you come up with the idea of working in Mozart's music to create Lacrimosa? And he said, once we got into it and decided to just really do this, it pretty much came together. At first, it was kind of weird. It was like, what are we going to do with this? But Amy always had this idea of taking the song kind of adding stuff to it. She just kind of fit the song with vocals and laid down some drum loops and shit. Then I came up with a bass line for it. Me and her would come up with some a lot of bass lines together. She would just hum it out. Then I would write something funky into it. And we decided from there to take the song and add a drum loop, add bass lines, add guitars, and it all came together. And you know what? That that quote did such a great job of removing the entire mystique of creating music for me. (laughs) Just curtain down like... Yeah, we just threw this on, and and then everyone's like, "This sound good? You like this? Sure, fine. Yeah, MBD." It's the classic. Somebody showed up with somebody with something, and nobody else had anything, and it was like, "What am I gonna say? No." <laughs> you know what? Let's uh, let's let's throw a drum loop and a funky bass line on it. Mozart would have loved it. Yeah, honestly. Hearing that string up top, I was like, oh, this song's not going to work for me. The guitars don't come until a minute 25. I, uh, yeah, I, I knew this was going to be a big no. Jenny? Song reminds me of the movie Crimson Peak. Oh, oh, all time stinker. Crimson Peak was a tough go. And when Mitch and I watched it not that long ago, and we kept falling asleep, so we restarted Crimson Peak like oh, four or five no, times. No, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. saw Crimson Peak in the theater, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is an across the board." Everybody blew it. It was like in front of the camera, behind the camera. It was just like everybody blew it, and. Uh, that was honestly, I think, the start of me like turning on Jessica Chastain. Like I used to be like Jessica Chastain, she can do it all. And then after Crimson Peak, I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe this woman does not have it all. And, and I've seen her in a few more stinkers since then. And well, Molly's game kind of killed me. Anyway, I'm losing. I'm losing the, I'm wow. losing the thread here. Maybe this woman can't do it all. <laughs> Listen, for a while, she was crushing it. Zero Dark 30, a most violent year. I was on board. And then... But Crimson Peak, and then, then Mo- if you haven't seen if you haven't seen Molly's Game, first, don't. It stinks. But if you see it, you're going to see what I'm talking about. I think there are probably pretty good odds that in five years, I'll text you on a weekend and be like, guess what I watched this weekend? <laughs> yeah. Molly's like, Game. What? You'll be like, Molly's Game or Toxic Avenger 2. Yes, and those both could be true. Both could be true. I'll um, 
real quick, Matt, thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, I am a fan of of Mozart, so it's cool to hear the song. But yeah, it, it, it doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, I do want to mention that the songmeanings.com thread on this, 62 comments, is largely people arguing about what the song title means. Some people think it's about crying. Some people think it's about a moth. And then one person just comes in and goes, what would Mozart think of this song? And I was like, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. And then uh, there's a comment. I had it here from Rory the Rocker, who loved it and called it pure genius. I'm going to go ahead and veto any. Jenny's. It's not. Jenny's jumping right, no, jumping right in front of it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not this list. Not this this, list. Not this list. All right. All right. Let's keep it going. Up next, we've got Like You. So we've reached a part in the show in which things, I believe, cannot get any more goth than this moment. This is a lot of soft focus, candles, white marble, black candles. Well, Matt, this song is apparently about Amy Lee's sister who died. And she wrote it when she was a child in which she wished that she could get into the grave with her dead sister is there anything more goth than that i don't think so i don't think so it's pretty fucking goth jenny i mean what more is there to say this really does feel like taking the whole my immortal thing to like the limit of like you know let me take this song because i mean I I don't have anything to substantiate this, but it seems to be that um, that Amy had taken these lyrics that she had written these when she was younger and basically didn't decide to change them up and basically just said, like, what was the feeling when I was a young girl dealing with this loss? And it's like, I wanted to... The line is, I long to be like you, lie cold in the ground like you. <sighs> Straight up Wednesday Adam shit, man. I'm not into this song, but I feel like it's a, I mean, I guess like, 
I admire the level of like, I'm going to take it there. This song is literally, the thesis of the song is, I wish I was dead with you. And you know what? Take it there. Get that gothy. Get there. Do I wish it was, you know, do I do I wish I had a more upbeat song with some rock and riffs at this point? Yes. But if you're committing to the bit, and the bit is your evanescence. And this is take, I mean, this might be the most evanescent song I've ever heard. All right. There we go. Up next, we've got Lose Control. So in the interviews, they uh, they also mentioned that they were influenced by Portishead uh, when making this record. And this is the one song where I feel the Portishead influence up top. Yeah. And the first time I listened to this song, I was like, another slow one after the other slow one? And then Balsamo returns with this savage riff. It's sick. That's a sick riff drop right there. I was like, Terry's, Terry's not done with us. So I like this one because that 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 riff trap is like honestly, that's the shit right there. That's what I show up for, and I appreciated that. Jenny, what'd you think of this one? I like this. Pro- it's probably my favorite song on the record. I did. I was surprised by the riff drop pleasantly. I enjoyed it. I still like. I saw that they said that like Portis had was an in, uh, an influence here. I I still didn't really get that from this but um but i liked this song i said all right thanks took me out of the ren fair took me out of the enchanted forest so i was happy for that matt what do you think yeah i am not really coming up with new things to say like i would have probably left this album by now on my own devices matt what if i told you what if i told you that you're leaving at the wrong time because over on songmeanings.com commenter liquid spear waltz tells us some interesting information about this song 
that you may not be prepared for. Probably not. Amy described this in a Kerrang! interview as the sexiest song on the album, or that it might be the kind of song people would have sex to. That's all I know about what the song means to Amy. To me, I think it's about no-strings-attached sex with a married man. You don't remember my name? I don't really care. She suggests to me that they are not in love and, in fact, don't know each other that way. The pretty flowers in the dust are the kids from the man's marriage, and Mary is the wife. I have no idea what the last two lines mean, though. And this set off a thread of people responding to this. Commenter here from Venus says she's later saying if she treats him like an object and just uses him, she may destroy him. To me, I think flowers in the dust simply means skip the romance, make it only about sex. And then Mew Girl rolled in and said, S and M. And then So Corny rolled in and says, I don't know if this is with a married man or simply sex with no strings attached. A married man would definitely be strings attached. A lot of thoughts on here, but once again, I feel like if you put this on a sex playlist mm-hmm. and that drop happens, somebody might fall out of the bed. <laughs> I would leave. <laughs> like, what? No. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you can't be giving me this sick of a riff. No, this is like a like a... I do think that, like, those comments are very funny. Because to me, like, if this song is sexy, it is sexy in the way that, like, in a perfectly fine but not great movie, there's, like, a sexy something that happens. Like, it just, it's it would be, like, it's like somebody, like, being on a bed and, like, whipping their hair around in a circle kind of sexy thing. <laughs> like, like not actually sexy, I don't like, think. It's kind of, like, titillating in a, in a way, but not, like, long-lasting, like, oh, my gosh. Woo! Kind of way. I just think it's dorky. I think. <laughs> well, a lot of things. Well, sex is very dorky. Uh-huh. If you think about, listen, you cannot think about it, or you'll be like, "This is all absurd." Yeah, what you'll are we in doing? The moment. Uh, this is what, what is what is this happening? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, absolutely. And if this song makes you realize that, then it's trouble. That's trouble. Um, but that riff, that riff is sick. Sick riff drop. Thank you, Terry. All right. Up next, we've got the only one.
feel like we get it unless the chorus is big. The thing is, is this was a song where I just... It, it's funny is that this album would would bring me in with a little bit and then I'd be left adrift again and just thought, this is so firmly just not for me. I'm just not the target audience for this. No. And, uh, you know, because I don't think it's... I don't think it's like bad. It's like, I mean, it's expertly constructed and you know, you got Fortman behind the boards, you know, you're going to have, you're going to, it's going to be working, but it's like, it's, I just feel that like, I'm not, I'm not the person this is for. Um, and the only thing that's like carrying me through is I'm like, is, 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 is Balsamo going to give me another hot riff here? And we get a little bit of crunchy guitar, but you know, not really. Uh, Jenny, what'd you think of this one? Too many slow boys on this album for me mm-hmm. yeah it's wearing me down it is fucking wearing me down me too i'm yeah. i'm i'm like moments away from collapsing i'm aging oh. i'm aging yeah. we are we are all aging we all aging and, and then on top of that like songmeetings.com everyone's just like i think it's about religious leaders something like that but then one person just rolled in and just got super real sligonia says i've always consider myself very good at deciphering songs never came across a song i couldn't figure out until now i'm sure i'll get it but this one isn't easy this thing just baffling people hey yeah it's a tough so. puzz it's a tough puzz tough puzz because you gotta puzz. stay alert to figure things out and at this point mm-hmm. in time it's very in difficult you're in a brain fog, not to be confused with a pea fog that may envelop your coach, your stagecoach, as you go through a mystic forest on your way from your tiny village to the kingdom. Just as an example. Just an example. It has nothing to do with this. Sure. Yeah. Animal friends will guide you along the way. All um, right. We've got a few more left here. Let's Let's do our best. Up next, we've got your star. This is a lot. This is a fucking lot, guys. I am fucking I, dying. I gotta tell you, it is. It was baffling to me. I was just like, Holy "Are we serious? Shit. Are we serious with all of these?" Just like, come on, what are we doing here? It's what is even, happening here? Yeah. Wow. Just it's, it's Jesus yeah. Christ. 
I mean, sorry, just, I'm just, I'm yeah. like, I feel you, Matt. I feel you. Well, you I listened to you. it three times. And I don't know how you did that. Like, if I were in my feels as hard as you know, if I was back in my feels, like lost, yeah, this album would find me. But boy, right now I'm like, yeah, can it? <laughs> like, fucking stop! <laughs> just fucking stop! Ah, uh, ah, uh, well. Yeah, uh, Jenny. This is when you tell us that this is your favorite song on the album. No, no. <laughs> By the time we get here, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> we get it. We, yeah. You're sad in Wonderland. Yeah, we got it's it. It's fine. It's fine. Talk to the bunny. The prince will kiss you. Let's just fucking. Can we pick it up? Yeah, I'll pull. I'll pull the pumpkin carriage. Just hop in. <laughs> what do i gotta do to even get a mid-tempo song on this record uh, i mean it, it, it's one of those things also where i'm just like i i i, I was just like songmedies.com claims that terry said this is his favorite song i'm gonna need an anno fucking on that shit all right mm. all right i'm finding it hard to believe my man who's dropping the sick riff on lose control is like oh yeah your star that's my that's my fave that's my gm that's that's my yeah that's why i tucked it in in the back half of the record wow anyway all right we're getting we're getting feisty in our anger hey jenny so. how uh, respectful of our time is this overwrought album <laughs> this album comes in at 54 minutes and 15 seconds jesus yeah that's a little too long i'm sorry yeah oh it is it definitely is too long uh matt i just want you to think about the concept that i listened to this uh, album once in the car did you drive you live, off a cliff? Live to tell. No wonder you don't have your Honda Element anymore. <laughs> I had to get rid of it. I was like, that's it, baby. That's it. Trained it in. Straight into a wall. That's it. We're done. Uh, all right. We got, we got two left. Let's make it happen. All right. Up next, we've got All That I'm Living For. This was infuriating. Okay. We get that open with the guitar. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to pick up the pace again before we close this record out. And then it goes into this mid-tempo, total bait and switch. How dare you? What are you doing to me, Amy? All right. What's the chorus? You've already heard it. We've already you already heard, heard it. it. You already off. heard it. You already oh heard God. it, Matt. I'm they opened. They did a She Loves You on you. They said, they said, you know that great Beatles song, She Loves You, that opens with the chorus before going into those verses? We're going to do that, but this is going to be slow. It's going to be a mid-tempo, boy. we're going to tuck it in. Track 12. This is the evanescence. The, the thing that's nuts is that I listened to this, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, but also money in the bank. It's that thing. You know what I mean? It's like getting stabbed and thinking, this is a really good knife. <laughs> It really was like the handle, incredible, the blade puncturing all my major organs, but my God, the st- it's not breaking off. 
Stop breaking off. Here it comes again. Here it comes again. Oh, boy. Yeah, I did just compare this album to being stabbed to death. I um, That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at in my life. Me too. That's where I'm at. Me too. Jenny, yeah. This does feel just like... <sighs> feels like you got tricked into driving somewhere with someone, even though you always drive yourself because you like to be able to leave when you want to. And they just aren't leaving and they're willfully ignoring your signals like time to go oh, and it's a pre ride share oh. world jenny this this is this is a too real example like matt and i i feel are both like right now living this example too hard yeah like, yeah no, i have been there this is why i drive oh. alone everywhere same <laughs> yeah same yeah. the Get. moment that you the moment, the moment I'm like, get me the fuck out of here, I got to be able to walk out that door. Have I gone yeah. anywhere in like a year? Not really, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I haven't forgotten. I fucking drive myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. Uh, yeah. It's, Here's um, 20 bucks. Yeah. Go get an Uber. I'm not driving you. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. All right. All right. All right. All we right. got okay, one okay. song got one. Left. Good enough. left. Good enough. Good, yeah. Good enough. <laughs> this the last song is called "Good Enough." Here we go. Why don't I just name it "Sure"? Oh, whoa! You're telling me it's gonna be opening? With, oh wait, man. Wait, wait. What's happening here? It's a real change of pace. Again, if you love this record, I fucking get it. I get it. What is life if you don't have to live? What is the time when the clock on the wall says it's too late to party and you're alone? alone. The dark star rises and you see a child weep the tears of a thousand faces around the corner Amy still singing alright I think we're, I think we're pretty I, good I, I gotta say and I think Jenny's gonna agree with me on this Matt the character you just created who I believe his name is uh <laughs> Tom Waits, David Bowie. Yeah. Um, one of your greatest works. <laughs> Incredible. Makes this album all worth it. Oh, yeah. Truly. No, I'm back. Much like the video for this song, I have melted and then burned. And, then and now there are CGI vines growing all over me. I'm <laughs> yeah. born again. Born again. Born again. Yes. Born again. 
Um, I, uh, you know, it was weird to read that this was, this is what Amy considered her first happy song. Um, and I just, at this point I was like, another ballad, I guess, but my God. And I was just, I was just ready, ready to go. RTG. And the fact that this has an intro before it actually even gets started, I was just like, you know what? Take your take your time. It's your album. It's your album. Do what you want. But um Yeah, at uh at this point I was I was just like, of course of course, of course, you know. Um Jenny, thoughts on good enough. <sighs> Boy. If you are the target audience for this record, this thing, I could see this being like an all-timer, but it's not me. I am so glad this record is done. Indeed. Anything else? Any final thoughts, Matt, or anything else from Tom Waits, David Bowie? I I wasn't listening, but... uh... (laughs) <laughs> hey we've all been there uh, we've all been there we've all been there we're too all busy um, making up lyrics we're living uh, there we're living there well well let me tell you that that's the open door by evanescence and um and now it is the part of the show where we talk about cannon talk about the cannon jenny we're gonna start with you I would like to close the door. There it is. <laughs> no. No, uh I think that this is a very well-made smart move album uh for this band in 2006. I think they made a great choice for their success and uh continued growth, but there was nothing about this that was even a little bit new metal. Uh, I never want to listen to it again. <laughs> nothing for the canon. <laughs> I'm happy for them. I mean, I I see the value here. I can see how this would be like a real one for a lot of people. But no, 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 no more, <laughs> no more. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, what do you think? You know, uh, the thing about it, this record, and especially the second half, it's still a big improvement over the first record because you've got these Balsamo riffs going on. And so for me, it still was a a more enjoyable listen because it, it at least felt like hinting at something heavier. That first record... I didn't really think Moody brought the heat with any of those riffs. Always felt like fake heavy. This one I could feel the bona fides better, and I mean the moment like the riff drop and lose control I think is legitimately cool. Um, but I think more than anything is that once you once you realize the formula of the Evanescent sound, if it's not a sound you want to hear to begin with, it's gonna wear you down until you're nothing. Until you're truly nothing. 
and that is what it did to us but maybe for you it's what you need but this is uh, nothing for the canon um and uh yeah that's all i got matt convince us to put it in <laughs> go, go to somebody else then uh, <laughs> because there's there's no way that this could go in um uh, the idea that this album should be listened cover to cover for a 43 year old matt noss is unfathomable uh it will never happen again i assure you but at the same time the appeal of the record stands i understand who the record is for it is not for me um it the back i mean i i can't it the back half of that record was such a slog which is such a bummer um because at one point in my mind i go i don't want to hear your voice anymore amy which is like a clear selling point of the band but like she'll come in with the and i'm like no no stop stop this is what i'm saying it's it's attractive but it's not right for you same thing um yeah i mean it's tough because you know i hear it i understand it i know that it's not for me and any other feedback that i give it is based on that opinion so what what can you do nothing for the canon so there you have it evanescence not in the canon but uh if this is for you then this is for you i don't know any other way to say that um the only other thing i can close with is that if you google evanescence now and see what the band looks like now they have this what you said jenny who, who's the designer john varvados the big john varvados vibe with these outfits um Real crushed velvet and uh, uh, <laughs> soft, real soft look to the to the band. It's yeah, it's tough stuff. It's tough stuff. It's it's uh, Google it, Google it. You'll see it. And uh, that does bring us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep us, uh, uh, keep us, uh, whatever that keep is. Keep us in your thoughts. Keep, keep us, us in your thoughts. Honestly, keep, we need thoughts and prayers us. at this time. <laughs> at this time, yes. Um, we need them. <laughs> in your thoughts. If you could just keep us in we your thoughts. hanging on by a goddamn thread. <laughs> Barely even that. <laughs> I mean... We listened to an Evanescence album three times. Matt only heard half the songs and once, it and he broke like, me. It's, it took him apart. I mean, it also yeah. did not help that uh, your beautiful daughter is just stealing your equipment and not telling you where she's that putting it. That is correct. And that on top of that, we that is also a thing. So much time this evening to me <laughs> losing my mind on where my recording equipment went. You know what? Uh, she's you know what? starting she, her own podcast. She's starting That's her right. own pod. It's going to be great. It's on um, Gimlet. she's grounded for going to another podcast i have a network not interested dad she's doing a new metal Uh, podcast on gimlet (laughs) (laughs) first episode she Uh, puts the first corn record in her personal there it is there it is uh but along with keeping us in your thoughts please do say hello to us online facebook twitter instagram or roach coach and all those send us an email roach coach podcast at gmail.com send us your racks send us your 
your your thoughts and send us some hot riffs because we need them right now more than ever (laughs) now more than ever now more than ever baby all right until next time jenny thank you (laughs) lauren thank you Matt. Matt. Thank you. You. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.